She's a journalist and New York Times best-selling author. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. He's a record label owner and entrepreneur. They're both into skinny margaritas. And these Seattleites don't mind getting caught in the rain. I'm Sarah Geo. And I'm Brandon Ebell. And this is the Mod About You podcast. Are you ready to have a whole lot of fun? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. We're in New York City. We are going on two and a half hours of sleep. We're tired. Our flight was delayed four hours. So we sat in Seattle for four hours in the American Express Lounge. We love the American Express Lounge. Very, yeah, very, very nice. It's better than the Alaska Lounge, which is Sorry, also... Sorry, Alaska. We, we like you too, but they have better wine at the American Express Lounge. And the food's really good. Yeah, it's really good. But we were there for four hours. And then, of course, we had a... Five and a half hour flight. We got in at 2.30 in the morning and then our luggage took another 45 minutes to an hour because Brandon's that was late. being very nice and saying our luggage, it actually was my bag, which he probably, if he's being honest, would be a little bit annoyed. He would admit that he's a little annoyed that I had to check Well, we're going on a four day trip and she checked a huge suitcase and carried on a suitcase. Well, a girl has to pack her beauty products. And we sat next to a couple on the plane shoes. that were going for three weeks to Italy with each with one small carry-on. Yeah, so that was impressive, you guys. So they had the tiniest little carry-ons, and they were going on a three-week trip to Italy and Greece. And I just, I couldn't even believe it. We had more luggage than them on the just the carry-on alone. Then on top of that, you had this monstrosity <laughs> of a bag well, that I mean, you had to check. I just think, you know, I don't know if I can change my ways. Like, I would like to be a person who could I pack light. I think you light. should try to... We should do a whole podcast on that one. We should. We need to get someone, a packing expert on this show. Oh my gosh, that would be my dream. Let's can we find the next person immediately? Okay, I'm writing that down. That's a great idea. Okay. So now we're going on two and a half hours of sleep. We got to the hotel at 4 a.m. And now we got up bright and early and we're ready to interview our first guests. Yeah. Who are they? So we are talking to Kate and Anne. They are a mother-daughter team and the founding partners of a very cool... New York City-based professional organizing firm and a decluttering firm called Done and Done. Isn't that a cool name? It's a very cool name. I love name. it. Done and Done. Done and Done. And this topic is very near and dear to our hearts. Brandon happens to love organizing. We both love like decluttering and you know making our spaces great. But I think that there is so much more we can learn. And so we have lots of questions for them. And so why don't we go ahead? And oddly enough, I just was decluttering, doing my spring cleaning just yeah. last week. So yeah. pretty stoked on this one. So why don't we go ahead and welcome Kate and Anne to the show? Well, we're so happy that you guys are here with us on the podcast. We're here in New York City on a rainy morning. And Brandon and I have gotten something like two hours of sleep, but we are going to have a conversation and I'm like completely chugging my coffee here as we're talking, but we are here with mother daughter duo, Anne and Kate of Done and Done, a exciting home organizing company in New York city. And do you have offices elsewhere? Or is it just New York right now? We have traveling teams and we have people in other cities, but our offices are here. Okay. So you're working all over the place. Yes. So I was particularly interested in speaking to you both in this era of Marie Kondo madness, where everybody suddenly is talking about organization. And it's especially fun for Brandon as well, because Brandon is maybe the rare male who loves organizing. (laughs) So he has so many questions for you. We can hardly wait to begin. But I thought I would just ask you to maybe each of you introduce yourself and give us just a quick, a little intro of who each of you are as women in the world and business people. I'm Anne Lightfoot. I'm the mother of the duo. And we have been at this for seven years. We started out here in New York City and have expanded from there. And I was not a naturally organized person as a girl, though I got the hang of it maybe as a young woman. I lived in London for many years, and my English friends had a much better idea of paring down and how to organize things. And so I learned from them and then 
applied that again when I came back to New York. I have to get back to that at some point. Remind yeah. me, but that's interesting that the, the British, the Brits kind of have a, a leg up on organizing, it sounds like, then. They don't consume at the rate that we do. That was I was just going to ask if it's a simplicity thing, mm-hmm. maybe, you know? That's, Which is really the key to organizing. Yeah. We can get to that. So shopping is the problem. <laughs> yes. Oh, Always. Dear. Okay. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and I'm Kate Pulowski. I'm the daughter of this lady over here. <laughs> yeah, I think I was always pretty organized. My mom tells the story of me walking out of my room with a trash bag and her saying, what are you getting rid of? I'm like, well, it's garbage. That's why it's in a garbage bag. So I was always sort of decluttering. She's a mad editor, like, always. Oh, yeah, I can't stand it. It sort of drives me crazy. And so, yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. My mom handles all the sales. I do more of the back end and working with the team and all the financial stuff. Kate likes numbers and I do. money. I, I like do. people. <laughs> oh, that's a good, what a good pair you make then. Mm-hmm. That's true. So tell us about how this idea was conceived. So it sounded like you started the company and I mean, was it just you for a while? Nope. In fact, Kate started. So she was doing a job for a friend of hers. Kate grew up in uptown Manhattan and her friend's parents were moving and Kate had always been that girl who organized her friends and helped her friends. And so her friend's parents thought like, oh, Kate can do this and she's handy with a camera and they wanted her to do an inventory. And they were going to pay her. And so Kate was like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so, see, money. Anything for a numbers. (laughs) (laughs) And so she went to do that. But when she started writing her descriptions, there were things that she didn't know what they were called. And then things that the mother was saying to her and she didn't. Go into the break front and get the Limoges china. And I'm like, Mom, what's Limoges? What What am I doing oh here? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm so lost. Right. Right. And now, now she's great at it. And for her age and place and time where china and silver and all of that hasn't been a big deal, but women of my generation, we had much more exposure to it. So Kate had to scramble to catch up. And so she was calling me. And then we were talking about it at a party. And a designer friend said, wait, are you guys doing it for other people now? And so we were like, yeah, okay. And so we did a organizing job for a client of his. And that was the start. So you stumbled into it then. We did. Mm-hmm. We how, how many years ago is this? Seven. Seven. Okay. And so people people started calling you, mm-hmm. and you started mm-hmm. just getting client after client, and then expanding from there, hiring people who were particularly good, had it your skill. It took us a long time before we were hiring. We had this arrogant notion that nobody could do it as well as we could. <laughs> and so our idea was that we, would, <laughs> that we would hire people who would run the company, sort of, and we would keep organizing. And we just got it completely wrong. And it wasn't until we hired a woman, our first real organizing hire, she was close in age to me. And so she was in her early 50s, I think, at the time. And we realized she didn't need training. Mm. She'd run her home and cared for her parents and her children and all these things. We were like, oh, oh my God, yeah, she can just do this. Like it was harder for Kate to learn because she hadn't run her own home when we started. And so once all of that happened, then we realized, like, okay, this is how to grow. Isn't that the hardest thing, though, as an entrepreneur, is letting your baby go a little bit? And we're you know, in that we're phase in it right, right now, now and it's, it's terrible. Uh-huh. It's, it's really terrible. What advice would you have to other people in that place where you are scaling? I, I think that's so hard. I always think, even for myself in my writing life, oh, I couldn't ever, you know, hire a proofreader to do the job yeah. that I could do. You know, it's hard. It's really hard. I think for us, once we figured out the organizing part of it, and that these women are so capable and they know exactly what they're doing. That was sort of phase one for us. And the thing that we tell people a lot of the time is you can get young people really cheaply. That doesn't mean that that's a good value for you. So we pay an incredibly high hourly rate for these women who have a lifetime of experience. And so I think focusing on like, oh, an intern, you go, don't do that. Mm. Hire somebody who is well qualified and they will show you that they are able to learn and able to do what you need. Well, and then once you hire them, keep your eye peeled for their hidden talents, that Mm -hmm. it may not be what you hired them for, that they are capable of. And Mm. certainly in the women on our team, it is amazing the amount of talent they have just as humans what they're able to do and what they're able to accomplish in any given day. Hmm. How do you vet that, the skills you're looking for? I mean, I, I imagine, do you hold an interview in their home and take a look at how, how they keep funny. things? I mean, <laughs> it would be a good idea. And in the beginning, we did have people send us some videos or photos of their own homes. Mm-hmm. But now we've done it for so long and we know exactly what the job requires that we typically... Mary from our team has a call with them and then if they seem like a good fit then we have a an in-person interview with them and then we sort of just send them out into the field hmm. and go like we're going to do 100 hours of training and then we're going to reevaluate at the end of that 100 well hours. and we thought when we were first hiring like oh super type a though i am not a super type a hmm. kate is more than i am and so we thought that's what we were looking for but it turned out not to be the case that one of the things about being in people's homes 
and helping them with their things. It's very personal, it's intimate work. And so you have to put people at ease. And so we tried for a brief time of just doing phone interviews with people as well before we hired them. And we learned that that doesn't work for us. For Kate and I, we'd much rather have a lunch with somebody, go out and spend some time with them. And then during the course of that hour or two, we pretty much fear, are they putting us at ease, mm-hmm. right? Are we all comfortable together? And then we know that's how they'll be with our yeah, clients. Yeah, if we, if we leave an interview really sweaty, we know that person <laughs> probably isn't a good fit. <laughs> I'm like, how are your armpits? And she's like drenched. That is so yeah. funny. Yeah. I love it. Oh it's my like gosh. a physical reaction to the person. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what you're doing all day with clients. And so then you think, oh, well, I just, it probably wouldn't work. Yeah, probably you're like, work. I don't want to spend seven hours with yeah. her. Our clients aren't going to want to. Oh, and because, that hardly ever happens. Yeah. And it is such, a, you're right, it's such an intimate mm-hmm. job. So you're going into people's homes and, you know, I I'm someone who cleans for the cleaning lady. You know, I I don't want anyone seeing anything that, you know, Mm -hmm. could be mildly. I mean, I literally clean for her. (laughs) So when someone's coming in or you're coming into someone's house, that's I mean, do you find there's a lot of resistance to, oh, don't go to this drawer or, you know, I don't. Yeah. My question is, like, what is the actual process like? Mm -hmm. Who hires you? What do you do when you get there? I mean, there's got to be so many different scenarios. There's got to be somebody who's like just organize our systems versus this whole place is a hellhole. Yes. <laughs> it's all, right. it's the whole range. Yeah. So what happens, the first yeah. thing that happens almost always is an email. Some of our much older clients, it might be a, just a phone call straight from the beginning, but normally it's an email. And at that point we send our rates and we are a luxury business, so we are expensive and we want them to know what they're getting into rather than getting all involved and then figuring it out. And so then if they are in, then I have a phone call with them. So that's where it starts. And during that time, I'm asking them like, what, you know, what's going on? (laughs) How's your home? What are you trying to do? And because we do move management, that's less sort of emotional in a certain sense because they have to get from A to B. They're prepared. They know they have to do it. But sometimes they can't So is it exclusively just move management? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, no. no. That's just one, like maybe a third. So that's one area of it. And then there's the people who call and say, I'm desperate. I don't want to move. My home is a nightmare. I'm fighting with my partner, my spouse. This is awful. Like, what, can you guys help us with this? And then they describe it to me, and then I say, send me some pictures, and of course we can help you. Like, I talked to someone yesterday, and she said, I'm frantic. And I said, let that go. I said, really, truly, one day with Don and Don, and you will be lighter than air. You will be, this will be behind you. Because it is the thing, she asked me, how could someone ever help me declutter? I feel like I have to do that myself. And so I explained to her that we always work in teams of two, always. When we were first working together, people would say, can I hire one of you? And we'd say, sure, half rate, same thing. What difference could it possibly make? And we found that the client was not winning in that situation. Having the two people, two saying Trump's one crazy and we're all crazy in our own homes. (laughs) And so you're standing in front of people with a stack of your T-shirts and you're like, they're all good. And then you're looking at two people and going, okay, maybe not all. And so then you start the process. So we pull everything out of everywhere where it lives, every closet, every drawer, and put it with like with like. So all your sweaters would be together. And you realize that you have taste, style, preferences. You buy the same things over and over and over. We all do. Brandon. I've done that. I have like, yeah. Yeah. A thousand different. I, mean, I, I literally probably have like eight hoodie. outfits. He has like 20 million. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's good because you know what you like. On the one hand, on the other hand, when you can't put away the things that come are back from the laundry and that becomes a drag, it shouldn't be a drag. And so then you start at the bottom of the pile. We always use the example of the pile of jeans. Nobody wants anything lower than the first like one, two, maybe three pairs, but there's always like 12. Yes. Right, so you go let yeah. those other eight go, just let them go. And it's so hard because they cost money and they were right at a time. I have a stack like that and I can't get rid of them because I want to sell them, but I know I'm, I'm never gonna sell them. And there's no money in selling. Very, very little money in yeah. selling. And the, the other thing is that the fashion industry, they're doing their job by changing the legs slightly and new fabrics and things that work better and look better. And so they're doing their job and we're doing our job and we're buying those new things, but then the old stuff has to go. And so it goes from there. So we go in, we declutter, we put everything back in a way that's so sensible and easy. And then you go like, oh, well, this I can do. This is okay. Well, and I think for a lot of organizers, there's a, I mean, us included, but there's a real aesthetic to what you're doing. And so besides function, you're also working with beauty and trying to make people's homes look better as much Mm -hmm. as they sort of feel better. And for us, I would say, our ethos is more focused on function than on beauty. So you can go to the container store and put everything you own in bins and it would all look exactly the same. You would literally never be able to find anything. So we want to make it work for you within the life that you specifically live. So you go, 
kids' things have to be treated differently than parents' things, and kitchen items need to be treated differently than clothes, right? Like, you have to work with the specific area rather than sort of concealing everything. Mm -hmm. You have to make it work for that person in their space the way they live. And so that's why it's sort of such a tailored process, because some people don't mind color coding, or other people think it's completely insane. So you're mm-hmm. kind of trying to work with what each specific client likes and how they want to live in their space. I imagine it's very satisfying work that, you know, yes. coming into a space and redoing it and seeing someone lighten up from mm-hmm. decluttering. I yeah. mean, and it, they do. It like feels it, we good. see people change, right? That they it becomes easier for them. And people I say, do you ever go back? And we often do, especially if people really had no concept of how to organize. And so we might see them again six months later, we go in and tweak everything, but then it might be a year and then it might be two years. And that's very exciting, right? That they're just getting the hang of they're it. And learning. that they're, and their yeah. children are learning, uh-huh. right? Their children are learning and they're learning that their children are not to be blamed in this situation, that they yeah. have to be taught and they have to have space and systems that work with where they are developmentally. I want to come back to that because we have six children collectively and, you know, three and three. And so, but you, you're right though. I feel like at least the, our generation of raising children, I don't know that I'm really giving them any skills in organizing the home at all. I mean, I feel like I do a lot for them. You I do it up, all for I, them. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do. But I wonder, you know, what you find, what are little things I can be I, telling I, my boys? I think that one of the things and the biggest things with kids is having only as many things as they need, mm-hmm. right? So even with my son right now, he keeps getting new things and all the old things are still good in theory. He may or may not be playing with them, but now I've got twice as many toys yeah. of what he had a year ago. And so one, he can't focus on all of that. He can't, he can't even play with it because it becomes overwhelming. So he just picks the one thing that he wants and then he's like, I can't even deal with this, it's just too much. And so I think the thing is paring down to a reasonable amount that they can learn to manage and then forcing them, or forcing is maybe a strong word, but like guiding them to managing their own things. So cleaning up at the end of the day, putting their specific things away. And you go, you're not having a six-year-old necessarily fold laundry but they can help put it away. They can help carry it upstairs. They can, mm-hmm. you know, do things like that. They can make their bed. It's not going to look as good as when you make it. Yeah. But at least they're learning the skills to do it. Because if they don't learn it now, then they won't have it in high school. And then they won't have it in college. I think the biggest thing we've seen is starting at an early age with little things that they can be responsible mm-hmm. for. Over time, they learn to be responsible for their own belongings. And that's really the goal. Well, and it's been very interesting to me, given when I came out of college, there were a lot of women who were still choosing between are we going to be at home moms or are we going to go to work and it's very much less common now most everybody's like we're we're going to work in some fashion in some fashion and then maybe later after a couple babies or something they're not but usually there's some work after but the interesting thing is our young clients so in their 20s sometimes their parents have hired us and they are completely without skill they simply don't know how to think about it. And we have seen stuff where we're like, wow, this is hard. So there's people in their 20s and mm-hmm. their parents hire you mm-hmm. to purge their apartments. Their apartments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, because their and parents come to visit and are like, you can't live like this. this right, because their parents were doing it for kid. them. I know. Right, the parents were doing it for many, I, many I years. Are there 20-year-olds that have an American Girl doll collection still? <laughs> <laughs> do maybe, they have a secret maybe storage? Maybe at their parents' you know It's house. at their parents. Uh-huh. It's all at their parents. And uh-huh. so we do that, of course, too, where the parents go like, my kids are grown and gone, and I don't want this stuff in And their bedrooms today. haven't changed. Oh, my gosh. So, so in, until they're yeah. selling their own home, in theory... Everything can just stay because it's what we always say. Everything looks good in its place until you move it. And then you're like, that doesn't belong here. My daughter's 40. She doesn't need American Girl dolls. But it all just looked how it always looked. And so you leave it there. So oddly enough, I just purged my place. And um, the reason I brought up American Girl dolls is my 10-year-old daughter has just Mm -hmm. tons of Mm -hmm. American Girl doll stuff. So I'm like... Well, it's big, And it's an excellent example. And her sister has seven kids, so we're... Seven. And six daughters. So so he gave it to me. So now it's in my mudroom. But but she's, like, giving away, like, the horse and all this other stuff, but she's keeping most of the dolls. Mm -hmm. So so I have this storage unit. Do you have people... Everybody does. Right. And that... So then you think you've purged, but then it's like, nobody wants to go to that dang storage unit. we (laughs) we, We call storage units decisions deferred. Oh, right. that's, that's, that's my new middle name. <laughs> <laughs> You're 
like that's right? who I am. That's just I mean, my daughter, she looks do. me in the eye and she goes, these are for my children. No, like, they're not. Really? They're not. They're really not. Well, and you know what? The American girls... Can you just buy one on eBay 20 years from now and say it was yours? Yeah, totally. It's an excellent, absolutely excellent example because the American girl company makes a quality product they last they're good looking they do what they're supposed to do for a I, long time i maybe have two in my dad's <laughs> attic oh my gosh I I there she's i, I, do. Knew I it. do it's true <laughs> she does have some so those dolls and they're like a little friend from their childhood it seems very strange to just throw them throw out. them away that, yeah. like that seems terrible absolutely terrible and so they often will keep the dolls they'll let go of the you know, horse and the bed and the bunk bed and the cabinet and yeah, all of that, that stuff. stuff. Kitchen so set. expensive. It's so it's hard so to expensive. get rid of. Yeah. Right? We've had times where we were clearing out like a ton of American Girl stuff and I'm like, I admit, I want to take it for my grandchild. I don't <laughs> who even have exist. a who doesn't exist. But it's just a weird feeling when you see very expensive things just going. Yeah, so my problem is is I just buy some expensive things but I keep them forever. It's not a bad well, Sarah has way more things than I, me, but she'll buy expensive things, but she'll also buy something from Forever I'm very 21. High low, so She's I'll, high low, right? I'll wear it for like a couple a, of times and I'm done. Right. Yeah. right. So, I, And then I also have a fat drawer. Everybody does. Everybody does. And does. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. This mm-hmm. is a therapy session for Brandon, <laughs> I think. This is yeah. true, but This, this is, is true everyone. So finally, yep. just oddly enough, before we even knew we were... We were mm-hmm. talking to you guys. I literally just got rid of my fat drawer. I'm like, you know what? I can afford it. I'll just, if I lose the weight, I'll just buy new stuff. That's right. Because, right. I mean, it's taken up like uh-huh. 20% of my closet, that's unfortunately. Right. Yeah, that's I true. did see on a goal list of mine the other day, I will be able to fit into everything I own. <laughs> Where you just go like, what? just do that. Just try it all on and get rid of the things that don't fit. It doesn't need to be like on your goal list. And so for us, one of the things in terms of clothes and sizing is we say do keep really high end things that might not fit. So like you go if, like if you have like a jacket that's like a little tight, don't spend X dollars again on that. But you go like jeans, t-shirts, whatever, right. you go, you're going to want to buy new ones because chances are the style has changed even just a bit that you probably aren't. She put on a pair of her try-on jeans for me maybe a year and a half ago that were, she could not, the, the, the seam they were... was like two inches long. They were boot cut. Oh dear. Like I looked faded crazy. off the front. I was like, you could never wear those outside even if they did fit you. Throw them out. But I'm like, well, they're my try-on jeans because I know that I'm, I'm, it's like keeping me real. Right, that I put them I on and I go, it. these still fit. I still got it. So if right? you call it, so if you call it a piece, you might right. want to consider keeping yeah. it. Yeah, uh-huh. right? exactly. exactly. I'm this piece. Yeah, yeah. then you'll know. This yeah. crappy mm-hmm. t-shirt. Right. Well, exactly. and you know how you know it's a piece. You know when you look at your credit card bill and you're like, oh, ooh, like that big that. number. That's a piece. Uh-huh. The stuff that sort of blends in down that right hand column. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, yeah, That's well, okay. I recently just got rid of two suits that were pieces. They were very high end, but you know they're over ten years old. They didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and the style actually, might be just different enough. I actually sold them, and I actually got a little bit of money. One was Prada, awesome. one was Armani, right? Great. So, That's great. But I mean, I don't wear a lot of suits. I'm in the music industry. Well, and anyway, this is so. the other thing: the selling. That's a very interesting thing to like. Let's say you have a Prada suit and you've worn it five years in. Let's say, and the sooner you can part, the better you'll do on the money front. Yep. Right, because a lot of times it then sits for five years. You wear it for five, then you stop uh, wearing no it. There's no way I'd probably give it up after five years, though, because in five years I probably would have only worn it like seven times or something. And how many in the last five years? So if you had it for ten and you wore, how many like, in the none. last five? Right, because once it becomes the non-choice, it stays the non-choice. Oh, but it would still be a choice to somebody else. Exactly. That is a great line. Once it becomes the non-choice, I believe that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, right? You, know. you put Write things it down. on. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> because I, you try them on and you go, nope. Yeah, not, and not it's today. just not a choice, not today. Yeah, or if you, my thing is if I didn't have a good night in a dress or something and I, you know, maybe I just didn't feel quite right. I don't mm-hmm. want to wear it again. You I know? just threw out a dress like that where I was like, I felt horrible the entire night. It looked, I think, maybe okay, but I was like. Now yeah. you guys are talking a language I do not compute. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel good in my one new suit I bought in the last five years, so I'm discarding this. <laughs> I think men have a different relationship with clothes. They do. But, yeah. um, I think that's true. Yeah, it's Absolutely. interesting to have a man here talking about this because a lot of times, even when we do closets with men, it's fast and dirty. They don't want all the chit-chat. We just get in there and mm-hmm. get it done. Yeah. Instead right, of the not... women who are like, I wore this to my niece's bat mitzvah, <laughs> and that was the night so I met my fiance. I got engaged in this dress. <laughs> right? We're like, I know, because there's a picture of it right there. You don't need <laughs> the dress. You're never going to wear it again. But we do say anything you're going to keep that's sentimental, just get it out of your working wardrobe it should go up above right so that those weird high closet shelves you're not getting out a step ladder and getting up there to get a sweater but put things up there that you don't actually wear 
Your working wardrobe. Okay, so so I have a question about that. So how often? Because we, you know, I I love fashion, and I'm you know I shop, and I'm changing things out a lot. But how often should we edit that working wardrobe? You every know, the, six months. Every six months. So what I I actually am fortunate to have my own walk-in closet <laughs> before I marry Brandon, <laughs> and it's been lovely having my own closet mm-hmm. all to myself, and I've yeah. packed that closet out yeah everybody does um, there's no there's yeah. no empty spaces you no. don't go into someone's house and they go oh here's a closet that we don't use no. that never happens yeah. no. so my system is I try to put the things that I'm loving at the moment in the forefront mm-hmm. you know and the rest is scattered about but every six months taking a look sort of seasonally uh-huh. so spring summer and fall well and, and Kate and I are ruthless so we take everything out every six months we pull everything out because there is something about so we also just don't own that much because after doing this for seven years, you're, you go to buy something and you're like, I'm just going to end up throwing it away. I'm not even going to buy it. Wow. Like, we're like, we could go through the whole process mentally of what's going to happen here and just not I'll do I'll buy that. it here. I'll wear it a few times. I'll get rid of it. It's not even worth buying in you the first just, place. Yeah, you've written the obituary yeah. right there. Exactly. It's right there. Yeah, it's it's true. It's it takes the done. thrill out yeah. of it. There's no unconscious thrill like there used to no, be. No, not at all. You know, I have a quirky question because I found this to be true in almost all of my moves. And my mom told me very wisely, she said, when you're unpacking in a new house, be careful where you put things because usually they stay there there. and Mm -hmm. it's so funny and true because literally the things that I unpacked that very day in my kitchen it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why the ladle is there but that's where I put it Mm -hmm. and I wonder if you have advice for people moving homes you know maybe there is a method that's better for our biggest tip would be declutter before you move. Do you want to pay to move this? Do you want to find a home for this in your new house? Did you ever use it in this house? Just be ruthless before you do that. It makes the unpack so much easier. So much better. And then I think spending a minute rather than just like, oh, these boxes are here, we have to immediately get them unpacked. Think about your life, think about how you cook. Think about what you like to do. There's a lot of people who cook every day and they need their things right there. And there's other people who literally never cook and they order in all the time. It's like we had a girl who we unpacked downtown near here and she had nothing in her kitchen. I was like, can we store shoes in here? And she was like, yeah, sure. I don't don't cook ever. I don't need anything. Right, there's nothing there at all. Yeah. Well, and in a lot of times... But um, thinking it through before you start to unpack rather than just And trying to come to honest terms with things like this. You know those up above cabinets in the kitchen and people will say, you're not going to believe what's up there. And I go, your wedding presents from 25 years ago? And they go, yeah. Like, yeah, everybody's (laughs) up there. Yep. Right? And so stuff like that when you think, is this the right thing to do? Because you're... You know, your auntie gave it to you or someone gave you these things. And it seems disrespectful and unkind Mm -hmm. to just simply get rid of them. There's very little market for it. And so those are the things. They're hard questions. You know, do you keep things out of respect for other people who gave you a gift? No, you don't. Never. You said thank you. That was your responsibility. Yeah. And then it can go right Kate, back out. You are your door. hardcore. I love that. She is. She's I need, tough as good. I mean, even with having, I've had to be, <laughs> I've had to be more so that yes. way since having my son because. People want to give you things on their behalf. And you go, I didn't ask for those yeah. things. And my son didn't ask for those things. And they might not be clothes I would put him in or toys I think he needs. Or I have ex- I now have like 40 puzzles. And it's like, yeah. he's two. He doesn't need all of this. But it feels bad because someone's like, hey, I gave you all these amazing things. It reminds me of something that I gave up years and years ago. The ritualistic eating of like the birthday cake. Mm-hmm. I hate like gross birthday cakes. Right. But you used to feel like you had to eat mm-hmm. it because... That's what you do. You yeah, have right. a slice, to be polite. You know, to be polite. And I said, no, I don't really. Want, I I decide. Remember the the day. I was like, I'm just not putting this in my body anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. And I think that's kind of similar to. I wish I didn't like birthday cake. <laughs> that would be a lot easier. <laughs> well, if you give me a piece of really like magnolia bakery, right? Yeah. You're like that. I'll I eat will eat that. Yeah. But. So tell us about your some of your favorite places in the home to organize. What gets you excited the most? Like, do you walk into a kitchen and get excited? Is it the closets? I, I do not love the kitchen. I've done tons I don't, of I don't mind she the kitchen. Mind I hate clothes because I don't love folding. Okay. And it requires, like, very precise folding. Uh-huh. And I just can't. Like, I just... Yeah, we lead in a sorry, little bit. I just yeah. lose my... I lose interest with it very quickly. Uh-huh. We were doing one recently where I was like, you got to trade with me, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't fold any more t-shirts. So in your, in your personal home life, do you just hate the laundry? Is the laundry like the bane of your I do it every day uh-huh. so it's Keep really not that it. much yeah like okay. she just quickly folds it like what you know I'll be up do you know we live in a two family did we say that no yeah we live yeah, in a, we live in a two family so, so we're downstairs mm-hmm. and so we left the she city. helps me fold I'd lived only in New York and London in my adult life so I'd had really you know glamorous city life but I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and it turns out I'm a suburban girl at heart and so Kate bought a two family out in Montclair and said do you and Mark want to come try it out and I was frightened to leave city life 
frankly. And out we went, and I have been so incredibly happy. And so we have our big offices out there. We're in the city a lot. It's you know certainly something completely familiar to us. But it is interesting being in a two-family to see that as similar as Kate and I are in many ways, we are also extremely different. Mm-hmm. And so when I watch the way that she operates, like Kate's the sort of person, when I told my friends this, they, they just couldn't get, get over it. When she was living in an apartment building, she would get her mail, and while she was waiting for the elevator, she would pay her bills and then just drop it in the shredder when she got upstairs. There's no, wow. no paper in her house, none. No. Right, where I'm the person who's like, I can't believe Amex wants that money. <laughs> <laughs> right and the bill sits on the counter and I get yeah, like think oh, about right? it, yeah I think about it I it. sort of like right, right, so, and she so pays I, immediately I just want to hear this again so there's no paper so I have like you just you just deal with it right there immediately. I do for mail for mail 100% I do have paper like our important papers you have to have she has one small folder yeah it's like important a paper mm-hmm. box a file and then at times in my life not that I have time right now I'm a painter and so I have like watercolor paper and things like that but it's put away right now because I'm not using it and then I have you know, arts and crafts paper for my son. But, like, in terms of, like, paperwork, no. It doesn't, like, clutter no. paper, that She's thing that gets everybody no, down, right? No. Everybody yeah. gets bogged down on paper. I can't, I can't. It is, but it is. In this day and age, though, you can you don't definitely need to get have so it. many PDFs now, right? Right. Yeah. You can get your bank statements digital, and you mm-hmm. try to do that as much as possible. Yep. Absolutely. And she has mastered it, which, I, you know, I still, I'm a thousand times better than I was. And, in fact, in the seven years we've been doing this, we see far less paper mm-hmm. hoards, paper problems than we Do used to see. people ever have like piles of like coupons that are expired? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. We were in someone's home where there was paper up to our waist. Like there was so much paper mm-hmm. and it was a person who really did, she did not like to touch it. It would, right. And so it would keep coming and she didn't quite know what to do. And so then we set up systems for her that would make it much easier. Well, and one of those things right. is don't set it down. Exactly don't what you're saying. Down, yeah. That's true of unpacking, but it's also true in life. Like it's that thing of, you know, when you're in your house and you're going upstairs, like, don't move something twice. Take an armload of stuff back upstairs with you and put it exactly where it goes. Don't set it on the stairs yeah. and then leave it there and then have to pick it up again. You're making twice the work. I feel that's really true with paper because you set it down and you're like, oh, I'll deal with this later. No, yeah. just not going to deal with it. Yeah, you never you do. do. You don't yeah. want to. So yeah. if you do it right then, I think that that's better. So what are you two finding, you know, in this era of, you know, organizing is suddenly a mm-hmm. sexy topic? Yes. Like how, it's so <laughs> Who interesting, would have thought? right? There's, you know, Marie, Marie Kondo's reality show on Netflix, which mm-hmm. is my little boys actually like the show. That's I mean, so it's, that's they want to watch mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I should probably get my kids to watch. That. <laughs> <laughs> but what a fun thing to, to have this, you know, suddenly people are interested. Mm-hmm. And where do you think this is coming from? Someone that I know who I was asking how his girlfriend was doing and she was in the fashion business and her business just kind of disappeared. And I said, well, what do you mean? What accounts for that? And he said, oh, my darling, it's because everyone wants to do what you do. It's all about the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. So that that happened, right? That it became super interesting in that way. The weird thing about it is that I think Instagram has had a huge impact on this, that people want things to look more attractive. But that's that's the the final frontier. Mostly people just need to function better. Yeah. And so they see that stuff and they're like, are people actually living like this? Because I'm not. People call me all full of apology. I'm like, stop apologizing. Don't worry about it. We will help you with better systems. But I think that it relates to the visual aspect, that it's become mm-hmm. that you can see in. I think it's that. I also think from sort of a American, and it's funny that you know Marie Kondo is not American, but uh, you know from what we know, consumerism was sort of at like an all-time high you know, maybe mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now people are overwhelmed. They have too much stuff, and people have become so concerned with the environment and the planet, as we should be, that you look around your house and you're like, I have... 10 times more than I need and it's all plastic crap that nobody wants and I don't want my kids to have to deal with this and I don't want to live like this and I think the side note to that sort of what you're saying about fashion is I think the world has become sort of more Netflix in the sense of like your home and your jammies watching whatever which mm-hmm. means that your home space is far more important than it was you know we laugh all the time with clients we're like oh these are my going out clothes I'm like do you go anywhere or are you and your Lululemons like all the rest of us and they're like no I don't no I never go anywhere I don't go out I don't see anybody right. exactly. that has changed a great deal right. getting so dressed up to go out home. even yeah. people are going out they're not dressed up yeah. yeah I have a I work from home obviously I'm mm-hmm. a writer and I have a bunch of outfits that I've saved for like thinking that one day I'll be in an office space yeah. And, no. You know, no, I mean mm-hmm. these blouses. I don't want to wear that blouse. No, no thank no. you. Nobody you know. does. But it, in a lot the, of times there's bins of pantyhose still. Oh, and we go, do you I mean, wear these? And people are like, 
No, but you have to have them. We're you like, know, you well, have to have one what? pair. Right? Like that emergency pair that you might need, but women are bare legs and they're often in leggings, right? Yeah. It's just changed yeah. the way that we dress, the things that we wear, even when we travel, like when Kate was young and we still always <laughs> got like dressed up when we traveled and now everyone's basically in their jammies on an airplane, yeah. right? You just got well, like I just read, so casual. Um, Patricia Alshul's book, The Woman Who's on the, the Art of, or the Southern Charm show in Bravo. <laughs> and a friend of mine told me to read it and I just think she's a kick in the pants. She's so much fun. But she said, and she's very done up all the mm-hmm. time. She's a Southern lady. And her advice was, don't, you know, I just wear leggings and a sweater on the airplane. Do not dress up. Mm-hmm. You know, she gives advice right. for living. And I actually, I loved that. I felt yeah. like, oh, suddenly I have permission to just be, because I, I love my Lululemon right. aligned leggings. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And, you know, it's if Patricia says products. that's okay, yeah. I'm not going to even, you know, I'm mm-hmm. doing it. Yep. Yeah. So simplicity is nice, yeah. isn't it? I think so. Well, and and I so think but that's hard to let, again, the fantasy of how we thought we were going to live versus how we're actually living. Yeah. In that gap is where organizing happens because the fantasy, and Kate often sits on my bed when I do my clothes and she's like, what's the fantasy? Where? Where actually did you think you were going in that? And so sometimes you just have to come to terms where you're like, I'm actually going to work in my leggings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Not, I don't need all these things, right? Like the easy yeah. dress and the pair of sandals is about as much as it goes. And so... In thinking about how to sort through your things with reality. At yeah. Well, and I think Not. the whole world changed, you know, maybe 10 years ago, and now people are really willing to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And so you go, as the shift started to happen, people just kept buying and kept having all these things, but they weren't using them. And now I think everybody's so overwhelmed and so swamped, and they get home and all they want to do is relax. And it's sort of in the era of always being busy. And you go, like, you don't want to have to be busy every second that you're at home dealing with all the stuff that you have. So if you can come home to your relaxed sanctuary place where everything's put away and nice that makes for a better life and brandon what do you do within about 10.5 seconds when you get home for the night to your house throw on my loungers yes yes, yes my, my comfies that's me yeah, he can't like, right? he's, no. like he's allergic to his pants yeah, he has right. to put loungers on yeah. yeah yeah and they're not like pjs but they're like um, yeah they're, they're like these james purse shorts yeah. and i bought um, three identical yes. pair my husband I mean, has the sweatpants color. version <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and i I might have like 20 pairs of those, but there's three that I wear. Over there you and go. Over, and I'd rather wash those and rewear those. 100%. Always top and of the stack. I feel stack. perfect. And I like throw on a t-shirt and that's, and I throw on my house shoes. And it's all soft and, and comfy. And it can literally be 4.45. Oh, it's totally. Like, if yeah. I got home early for any reason, it's yeah. like, I just throw those on. When we first started dating, you kind of apologized. Like, sorry, I mean, I'm, I just, I'm putting on my loungers now, you know? Like I was <laughs> like, I wasn't going to like him anymore yeah. or something. And now I'm like, why aren't you in your loungers? Where, where are like, they? What's yeah, happening? Are you going just, somewhere? <laughs> what's, yeah. Right. But, you know, I think the Instagram you mentioned, you know, as I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see a lot of these beautiful, you know, it's like eye candy for me, Mm -hmm. these well-organized refrigerators. And of course, it makes me feel so bad about my refrigerator, Uh but... Because no one lives like that. It's not real. Yeah. Except for you. No, 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 my fridge doesn't look like that. My husband opened the fridge this morning and goes, dude, we have no food in here. And I was like... I know, sorry. <laughs> and it, what we do have is a color coding. This is a disaster. <laughs> no, it's, nothing. it's not working. Do you know the gals at the Home Edit? Have you heard of them? We home? do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think they just published a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? they did. Yep. Do you have plans for doing something along those lines? I think we have definitely talked about a book and we've talked to some other people about it. I think for us, I think their aesthetic is so beautiful and I love what they've done. And I think they did sort of change the industry a little bit. I think for us, it wouldn't be quite such a visual book. I think it would be more... You know what I was saying about function. Yeah. Like that. I think uh-huh. it would be more about well, that. Well, and I would say that our point of view is very different than theirs, just in the sense that sort of what you're talking about, looking at Instagram and feeling bad about your refrigerator, we would never want our clients to feel bad about their homes. And if you color code children's books, you then are the color coder. You a child can't do it. that. Oh, and that's yeah. discouraging. Right. And so you don't want to be discouraged. Certainly not when you're in your loungers in your own home. <laughs> yeah. You just want it to be your cozy, happy home. Because you can home. have too many systems, yeah. right? Absolutely. I so. You absolutely can. They have to work for your family. Now, if you're like a single adult and you color code your books, that's entirely different. Well, and but, we do also think that like for us, color coding clothes sometimes makes sense. And books like cookbooks, great for color coding because you know what the spine looks like. Hmm. Regular books, you go... Uh, I don't know what the spine looked like. I just wanted to be able to find the book. And again, it really depends on who you're working with. So I think you have to tailor 
Some people want that and some people don't. And I think for us, we've found in seven years, most people don't want that. Mm -hmm. They don't in their real life. Like aspirationally, oh, hell yes. I wish my house And in like an that. office. Like sometimes totally. when we do offices or something because things aren't moving around in the same way. Yeah. And you're so you're in a waiting room. And of course, you can have things that are absolutely perfect and pristine. No one's moving them. Yeah. But in your actual life, in your home, it's very different. And it just makes it hard. So you have all kinds of clients, and I hear that you work with many celebrities mm -hmm. in New York. Without giving away names, I'm sure <laughs> it's very private. I want to hear about, you know, what are some similarities in your celebrity clients? Are you, I mean, you know, are you finding that their secret hoarders are there? Like, what do they have <laughs> in their closets? No, you know what, it, it's interesting. The more financial success you have and the more things that come to you, one of the things of people who are influencers, people send them things. And if they don't have offices separate from their home, their homes are overrun. By all the free stuff. The free stuff, right? Because I people bet. send them things. And so that's hard. But they also have what everybody has. If they are lucky enough to have help in their home, it sometimes works against them because you're not actually making those decisions. Somebody else's, then you can't find things. Yes. And yeah. so that's very hard. And so sometimes they want systems so that they can live without the housekeeping aspect to their life being another job for them. And so it's really helping the people who help them to think about their things and how those things are. I do want to say like on the celebrity it's the front, helps help. it's the helps help. <laughs> yeah. It is that. Yeah. And so when we go in and we always say, we're not here for your jobs. Yeah, right? we don't, we're here, we're not we're here to support and help you. We don't want housekeepers to be afraid of us or to think like, oh, they're going to make me look bad. We know how hard their jobs are. We know that they are trying to have their clients be relaxed when they come home. And so they put things away. But it makes it hard. Decisions had to be made before stuff went away. Right, so you got like a seven-year-old who still has, I mean, a nine-year-old who still has seven-year-old clothes in their bedroom. Well, it's not useful to anybody, but they don't want to bother their Right, boss. and so everything oh, that is yeah. true for everyday people is multiplied for celebrities. Yeah. They have more things. There's more pressure on them to look and be, for their homes to look and be a certain way. Mm -hmm. The celebrity contact that started all of the celebrity work for us is Dorinda Medley, and I can say it by name, hey, Doris, <laughs> because she's an old friend of mine. We were friends in London many mm -hmm. years ago. Our husbands worked together, and she's been very generous and helpful and supportive of us. But even doing her move and seeing how her life has changed since The Real Housewives versus when she was just, you know, a housewife. Right? Yeah. It's very, very different. And understanding the pressures that are on her that were not there before. And so because I knew her on both sides of that equation, I think it makes me compassionate to whoever these people are. Their lives are hard in a certain way. Like you go, oh, boo-hoo. But you know what? It is hard to be them. Mm -hmm. And people are looking at them and have expectations of them. And so they bring us in with great hope that we will handle this one piece and make it easier. Yeah. Let's talk about Maria Kondo and her whole spark joy movement. Mm -hmm. That's, it seems very applicable for me because it's an easy way to remember, you know, when you're trying to purge your closet. It's but, brilliant, actually. Yeah. Just those you, two, that, that little expression, yeah. does it spark joy? It's brilliant. So you use that in some way. Well, we do. One of the things, like we go through that process in our own minds and certainly help our clients to think about it. Is it useful to you? And one of the things, like we spark, the spark joy thing always makes people laugh because like a spatula doesn't really spark joy. It yeah. really doesn't. But man, is it great when it works and it does really what it's works supposed for to do. Clothing. Yeah. Right. Because right. clothing is well meant for to clothing. make you feel that I have way. six spatulas and I don't really cook. So, <laughs> so there you go. There you go. So then and three I guess, have to and, go. And I didn't get rid of any of them. I'm just waiting for the now, are you two in one combined space now? No. no are you going to be? Oh, we, right. You said you're building. Yeah, we're building a home. We're getting. We're doing things a little backwards. We're getting married in July, and then we will continue to be a modern couple and live apart until our <laughs> house is done. So you know how uh, houses go. It's uh -huh. taking it takes forever. time, longer yeah. than you think, always. Yeah, maybe by next summer. But that'll be an interesting move because I have a lifetime of my own uh -huh. personal household, yep. and Brandon has his household, and then we're putting it into one, mm -hmm. and... Here's the expression we use for that. Be brave and make room for each other. Hmm, I like that. Right? So when you look at the six bachelors and you're like, she probably has at least one. I could probably... She can do whatever she wants in the kitchen, but I want half that closet. There you go. <laughs> That's going to be a challenge. I know I'm a guy, but I am a little older. You've got you some like things. I have several you pieces <laughs> I would like to keep. Oh, boy. We have, a, yeah, we have quite a road ahead of us. Well, um, you know, on the architecture front a lot of times I go into homes I'm like this bedroom is giant and the closets are small all they needed was the bed yeah right yeah. and some end tables and a little dresser uh -huh. or whatever the, the more space that you have in that way it does make living easier mm -hmm. it really does yeah right that having space to put things away is just an enormous difference and to see what you have so that you don't mistakenly buy yes 
Okay. I have a question about the beauty cabinet. So mm-hmm. I am a product junkie. I love Sephora. It's my yeah. home away from home. We just did the most amazing like beauty fashion bloggers place. The You'll see really? it soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. She hasn't posted you, yet. It's going to be on your... It'll be on Instagram soon. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. So quick tips on how to get a hold of your makeup and your products. So I think one of the biggest things about products, and I know this to be true for myself, it's true sort of the way it is about clothes, but there are new things that you love that work better. And you're holding on to the old things because they did work and you did love them, but you're not using them anymore. So I have like an old lotion that was like my go-to favorite best thing. Then I found a better one. The old one is still there. You go, it's still full. I feel bad about it. You can't donate used lotion. Yeah. But it's no never getting it. Even if you've stuff. just opened it and tried it once, you didn't like the smell. You're done. Yeah. It's done right there. Yeah. So there are there are some places you can find to donate unopened Could cosmetics. Could you give it to a friend or not lotion? I, theory, I usually offer it to my mom or my sister. Right. Which yep. is great. And if they great. don't want it. And if it, you have an ongoing like little bin or basket for the things where you're like, actually, no. That's a good idea. Yeah, to just keep have it right a, there. So then when your sister comes over, you see her, you're like, here, take a look. These, yeah. And we say that for looking. clothes, too, to have a little donate bag. You okay. try it on once. You didn't love it. You try it on twice. You're like, I'm never going to wear this. Put it in the bag. Then ask your sisters, your mom. And then if nobody takes it, then you just donate. And yes, giving to friends is the very best Mm-hmm. thing to do yeah right it's fun yeah. it's green mm-hmm. it's, right yep. you know yeah and so yep. especially for things like products that your sister doesn't care if you try to lipstick right yeah yep. but if it's not the right color for you or it looked right there and then it doesn't look right you get in your car and you look in the rear view and you're like oh my god this looks crazy yeah right and so you wouldn't wear it again then you just put it in that bin and i think one of the things that applies really well to sort of beauty and cosmetics and clothes is the idea of sunk cost which is like you bought it you own it you spent the money if you're not using it, it doesn't have to take up space in your life. Yeah. You don't, you have, don't to have to feel bad keep about it, it just no, because you, you bought it. Yeah. We give you all permission to permission. throw everything away. It's so hard to get rid of things. It is. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And especially with beauty and stuff, you know, you've got the Korean revolution of the 12 step process. Mm-hmm. I think my, I don't know if I don't admit this, but my process is like 20 steps. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. You have great so, skin. So. No, I don't know. <laughs> after two hours of sleep, but thank you. But um, I mean, it's so hard. It's really, you know, and so, and everything, yeah, everything's innovating. There's some new peptide mm-hmm. or new serum or something. Well, you know what, Kate and I have always been not minimalist, but we don't have a ton of product. But then we spent six hours doing a client's just just her products, just her. So we'd already done much of her home, whatever. And then we realized she's fifty and looks thirty-five. And I was like, I need some of those products. So then I went out and bought the entire line <laughs> she, we, we of were, her favorite mm-hmm. stuff. And I said to my mom, "This may have been a total waste of God. I'm not even going to say how much money, but." If anybody compliments my skin, because like I have fine skin, but if anybody says anything, I'm going to know it was worth it. And a bunch of people said something. And I was like, okay. So okay. This was I need so to know the line. What is it? May Lindstrom. May Lindstrom. Why do mm-hmm. I not know this? It's amazing. Oh. She has a, a thing called a blue cocoon. It's like a cream. Th- oh my God. Okay. I'm I mean, but does, <laughs> does it all really work? I don't well, know. I, I we don't know. Does, I, like, I, do. I mean, I, I always say like, like drink plenty of water, use sunscreen, laugh a lot. You know what I mean? Do some fun things that keep your skin glowing, all of those things. But I think it, it must work. Wear a work. hat in the sun. Mm-hmm. Wear a hat in the sun, right? All of that. And I think it must work some. I just do. I think well, taking good care of your behind skin. behind a lot of it. Right? Yeah, there is. I just, this is off topic, but discovered the French P. You know what I'm talking about? It's mm-hmm. called P150 or something. No, do I need anyway, it? I think yeah. so. It's kind <laughs> of amazing. So I don't know. See, and so this is what happens. And so you do get the new, better thing. The only thing you have to commit to is that the old thing has to go. Yeah. yeah. Should beauty products, I like to have them on the counter. Brandon hates that because he thinks it's very cluttery, but I like to see everything. Otherwise, you won't use them. Yeah, you won't use them if you put them on. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'm thinking about our new house. He would like everything to be hidden. Will you have big medicine cabinets? I think so. So You know that the drawers that they now have, you know how it used to be cabinets always under bathroom sinks, and now it's drawers a lot of the time? Those are very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, much better. Otherwise, it's just that weird dumping ground under there. We all know, like something goes on back there. It just goes And I also think it's sometimes great on. I mean, again, you don't, I don't know the space, but they have those little lucite shelves. So you could put a few of those up with like matching products. Yeah. Right? So, so you go like your whole set and it sort seeing. of looks uh-huh. nice, but those are then still out without being hidden, but they're not just on well, the Well, and inside those drawers then, you know, they often have the cutout that goes around the pipe. But then within those sections, that U part that goes around the pipe, 
to container store inside that drawer and put your things in very workable groups. And you'll start to see where your crazy is, right? Where, you're where like, your crazy is. Where you're like, yeah. how much mascara? No. Why? Yeah. Right? Like it just starts to get a little, when you put it in the group with it's mm-hmm. like yeah. with like. Serums, a, creams. Right? So funny. Where I think my crazy is herbs and spices in my kitchen. Like <laughs> I have like 20 <laughs> jars of cumin. Like, you know, how did that happen? Are you opening a restaurant? Uh-huh. What happened yeah, here, I, right? Yeah, truly. I have six honey bears. <laughs> It's there you true. go. He really does. This is all just fresh in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you can see it. I can it actually then. contribute to this podcast. There you go. You're like, I need, need those. But before we go, I wondered if you could give us maybe some just really usable, you've given us tons of, of tips for our listeners, but maybe like, you know, your top three, four, five things. If you're that, not a movie star and a multimillionaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really, yeah, you want to. Just wanna, make your home a little better. Yeah. And things would, that we're yeah. overlooking that I can do when I get home to I see I mean, you have mentioned like, a million things, things already. But. I would say the number one thing we say to people is watch your front door. So be careful about shopping. Be careful what you buy. When you go to the grocery store, did you already have cumin and honey? You don't need more yeah. cumin and honey. Yeah. You already have those, right? In your bathroom. How many serums do you really need? So per- watching what you're purchasing, you can only do so much decluttering, but you can be really ruthless with what you buy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and be kind to each other in that this is a problem for everybody mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, so, and with your children nobody is alone in this and it is grim the idea of like we're going to spend the whole weekend cleaning out the house and the kids are like no we're not <laughs> I don't want to do cleaning. that yeah, spring no. cleaning is no no we don't want to do that but you can quickly get their agreement on a drawer mm-hmm. and so to pull things out of where they live right so you pull out a drawer and you go what's in the store let's just do this one drawer today and kids will often very quickly and to understand that they are often less sentimental about their belongings than you are. There is a percentage of children, maybe 10%, who are truly sentimental. Not my, you know, not my middle child. Yeah, no. there's often one, yep. right? Uh, yeah, my son could care less. He could have a marble and a bowl, and that would be it. <laughs> right. like as long me. as he had his phone, it would yeah. matter. Right, yep. that's yep. exactly but My daughter it. is a hoarder already, and mm-hmm. she's 12. And it's, right? it's, it's for a, real. It's a, it's a real so, category, for sure. And so uh-huh. to work with her on that and talk about, like, this is how she is. It's how she's made. And so she's going to be this way her whole life. And so that's, helping that's her so develop the skills to mm-hmm. process it rather than to feel bad and have people be angry at her. It's just the way she is. And so to me, you know, I have two children. So this is my, my one, but my other one is a holder honor. And he likes things and he likes to be able to see things. He's a year older than Kate. At one point he was going traveling and he was Airbnb-ing his place. And so he asked Kate and I to whip it into shape for him. And I called oh, him when man, he got it home. So it looks so beautiful. And I was like, hey, honey, you know, how, how did it turn out? Whatever. And he's like, do you want me to say what you want to hear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or do you want me to tell the truth? And I said, tell the truth. And he said, it makes me very anxious. And so one of the things we've learned, and one celebrity who I will not mention by name, but he is a highly productive sort of national treasure of an American in his output and his production of work, has a very, very cluttered environment in which he creates. And so early on, I was able to see that was in maybe our first or mm-hmm. second year and I was able to see and practice non-judgment to go like okay what's going on here and mm-hmm. this works for him mm-hmm. huh well, and we all benefit yeah it's like he makes thought. like whoever this is makes you know four or five movies a year and like straddling all the world mm-hmm. but he still lives in a cluttered environment he's obviously exactly. productive he's yes. totally well, productive and it works, it and it works him for him and it works things. for all of us that he's able to get his thoughts and his heart out there in the world and so when you're dealing with your children or your spouse or someone who holds on to try and find a way to communicate between you all what, what, what's going on so and he, how can we so make it easier. So he wants to keep all his stuff, so you just made it more organized, but it was more cluttery than you would have and, liked? Well, he likes to see it. Like, my son likes to see it. He mm. feels more comfortable when the surfaces are full of things that are in his mind. And so one of the things, the mind is a busy place, and some people feel more in control and their minds feel clearer when they are organized. Mm-hmm. But other people don't. People and that's so as an organizer, it's a really interesting thing to approach. And so for let's say like your daughter and thinking about the bedroom division or whatever, the child who holds on actually needs more space and more space to put things away where the other child can live in a smaller room with less space. That's so interesting. Right. It's easier for them. And I would right. say one other tip is thinking about organizing in the way that you would about like starting a new workout regime. You go, you're not going to not have worked out in six months and then start today and run a marathon. That's completely insane. And you would fail, and then you would feel terrible, and you wouldn't go again tomorrow, and you'd be sore, and it would be a mess. Starting with little projects each day, what you were saying, do a drawer. 
do a cabinet. And take pride in it. You didn't do the drawer yesterday, just yeah. like when you first knock out those sit-ups. It's not yeah. as many as you used to do, right. but it's more than you've done in a long time. So great. Like yeah. doing the whole house in a weekend is not really the best way to do it. Like when you have a team there yes. and you're paying organizers to do it with you, they will speed you through the whole thing. But if you are trying to do it alone and you're not a movie star and you can't afford <laughs> the luxury organizers, a little bit every day, you'll get there. It'll take longer, but you will see the finish line eventually. Brandon's love language is like, Hey, Sarah, let's spend Saturday organizing my closet, or maybe you could help me with my garage. My, so my problem, is, is, my problem is, is I love to organize, but I'm not really good at keeping it organized. So I'm sure there's some people that are just have a pigsty, mm -hmm. right? Right. I am somebody who likes to get organized, and I hire a cleaning lady. I can mm -hmm. afford to do that or mm -hmm. whatever. But then it's hard. You know, I have my kids 50% of the time. When they mm -hmm. come, I just don't keep up super well. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not that... Well, I'm not daily organized. Not and you know what? Like so her house is you guys. I mean, you go over there and she has three boys and this and that. I mean, it's impressive. I, like it looks good. Like, whoa. Like, yeah. well, almost I, I will all the time. say this, which I, mean, I always say to parents. My children are grown now. Kate's 32 and Nick's 33. But I always say this. Keep your eye on the prize. The prize is your kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if it gets messy, so what? Right. If they grew up going like yeah. we were happy, we lived in a happy home. Yeah. Yeah. Like right? my daughters make slime. Lots of slime. And I'm like, boy, there's sure is a lot of slime. <laughs> texting the cleaning lady, can you come early? Because yeah. I try to keep it all clean. Right. That's when I just give up when there's yeah. all this crap. It's like, I don't. And I think that's right. I think sometimes that is the right answer. But to I just think, give yeah. in to what is, to family life, mm -hmm. and to go like, family life is sometimes messy. And then adult life is sometimes not. And so you get the chance to do it without your kids and to just get it done and you go like okay I've got five minutes this is totally satisfying well, everything it, looks great but then they're back and thank goodness they are and it's funny for me being 32 but having worked with so many people who are so much older than me and doing estates and all of these things people would always choose to have the messy home back with their kids uh, rather yeah. than where they are now yeah. living without their kids right wow. so you go to think about it that way and to totally, really enjoy yeah. the time that you have is absolutely like that's it, the most valuable it sounds thing. so crazy when you're old enough to be able to say like oh you guys it goes fast it goes so fast because the truth is the days are long when you have mm -hmm. children. Oh yeah. boy, are but they. when you look back on it, like I'm like I loved when my kids were teenagers and all their friends were around and all that. I'm like, where, where did that go? Were it's they good they... teenagers? No, no. My <laughs> Don't two answer that. Thing. Don't my two answer ran that. wild, but then I think they came by that naturally, and so. But it was fun. Like yeah. teenagers are so excited about life, right? There's a lot to talk about, and I loved having them around. And I didn't love when things were messy because I'm not good at that. But I did love having the kids. And so sometimes you go like, "That's what you trade," because there will come a time later when you all are like where I am now, where you go, "Nothing moves in my house. I set it down. It just stays there. Everything looks exactly the same." What a funny thing to think about, mm -hmm. right? That when you so come home, funny. it looks exactly yeah. like it did when you left. So, do you think somebody who lives? And I mean, I don't want to get off subject too much, but. If somebody lives in a small apartment in New mm -hmm. York, then they probably just buy less naturally, right? They just stay a little cleaner. They, well, they well have it less depends, space. And it depends where they come from also, because a lot of times people don't come from New York City. They come here from somewhere else. And the feeling is that they should have their snowboards, that they should have their, you know, whatever it is. And they're living in a studio apartment. Or they okay. want to go to Costco and buy a paper towel. And you go, dude, you live in a one-room apartment. Like, you can't have 12 things of paper towel. You just got to go down to the bodega and just buy one roll. That's how we do it here in New York. And they're like, wait, really? Go, yeah. That's not as cost-effective. Mm. It's like, okay, but your entire front hall Nothing about New York is cost-effective. So just accept <laughs> yeah. and take your snowboard back out, to your parents. I, so I ran out of paper towels the other day. <laughs> I went and got my Costco card. I've been to Costco in like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. It's just funny you're bringing this yeah. up. And I bought like a shitload. There you go. <laughs> Then you'll go two years from now, but you can have the space. Yeah, I know, but it's piled up in my garage on top of my second refrigerator, right? It's like, what am I doing? Like, I pull my car and I'm like, this looks horrible. It's just a big mountain. It's like, but I'm not running out. That'll never happen again. And I saved 40 cents yeah, on each I saved money. And but it does work well when you have space for it. Like, as yeah. long as it's accounted for in their space, then it's easier. But if you don't, it's really crazy. And so we do get New York situations where we really, like, talk them through it. Like, this is not, you're never going to grow an attic here. There's no basement. You don't even have a you're trunk of your gonna, car. You're never going to grow an attic. I no, love that. No, you're not. You right? have to just move to the suburbs. The space. And so the space does dictate. But it does take some training to think about that. And yeah. even things that you feel certain you should be able to keep. We had a really interesting one where I was like, what is this whole full shelf? And someone said, those are bar mitzvah sweatshirts. But these people were in there late 30, 20s early yeah. 30s and so you know when you go to a bar mitzvah and you get a sweatshirt and it's their friends that they grew up with and all of that yeah. and you can have those but you certainly can't have them right how will you be able to put things away 
that and you don't work. wear them and you don't wear they're them. sentimental sweatshirts the storage unit yes exactly there Decisions you go it all comes deferred. back to storage <laughs> Decision deferred. yeah and then you die and then people bid on your storage exactly. unit and you never if went in there the whole time and you've been fees for 40 if years if you're lucky but what really happens is your children are with done and done in your storage unit mm-hmm. after you die and your children are saying what is this stuff yeah it can all go yeah. and it just goes yeah. Right. So if you can imagine that, right, because we do loads of estates. And so we're there at the other end with the children of whoever has died. And we go through their things and clear out those estates. And I can tell you this, you hardly ever find the Picasso. Yeah. That isn't what's so happening. We did there. one time. We did you one did time. Not. We did. We did. We found a Picasso sculpture under a bed. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, like someone well, well, might well, want this. Like a, like a real one. Yeah. A real oh, one. Oh, yeah, a real one. Because all their art I thought was you were real, just so saying we that as an analogy. Oh, no, no, like Starbucks no. to coffee or Q-tip <laughs> to cotton swab. No, no. No, no, it's real. It's real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. I thought Picasso meant like a nice piece of art. No, no. Like, found a an actual Picasso. Picasso. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Amazing. so mostly... You heard it here. Yeah. Families <laughs> know what... Stuff. They, <laughs> families mostly know what they have, right? Most everybody knows that granny's, you know, bracelet, blah, 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 the diamond earrings the whatever mostly people know that you except when it's ever. fake in the end because that happened too like a five carat diamond ring everyone was like where's the ring where's the ring <gasps> turned out it was a fake <laughs> no way yes mm-hmm. but she they were like granny had a fake <gasps> yeah yep. granny had a fake we love that about granny i love that she, about granny did, did granny know it was a fake we don't know oh, i don't know maybe someone gave it to her we did that we didn't know the story oh my gosh that sounds like something i would write in a novel i felt like she was, i felt like one. she was <laughs> chuckling like she was maybe just giggling in the grave right like that funny thing that ring yeah, so it, it mostly you don't find things of really any value. No, it's unfortunate. Right, and so when yeah. it goes into storage, think about that. If your kids were pulling this out in twenty-five or thirty or fifty years, would that be crazy? Well, we have people who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on storage, so be very careful oh, with storage. Yeah, yeah it's, it's. I know I'm paying two hundred and ten dollars a month, and I'm just can't wait to figure out how to get rid of it. Then I can I never do it. But. Well, and the the t- well, if it makes the two of you more able to live peacefully together when you move in, that storage is well worth it, right? Because man, divorce at least is in, a, in a yeah. in a in a in a time <laughs> yeah, period. Funny, I don't know right? Anything about that? <laughs> right. It's so weird. That you and said so, that. well, we're we, gonna have to do it. I mean, yeah. my Christmas decorations alone, like there is no place in the house to put them. I mean, I love Christmas, and I I love I Christmas you don't have as a well. Love unit, it, though, right? No. Yeah. So Mine's well, so full, storage for things so like that, you go. Scary. That's somewhat reasonable. Where you okay. go, like it's a once a year. You're gonna keep it. You're a mom. There's a lot of kids between you. Christmas is a thing. Yeah. You're not gonna need that many Christmas decorations in 20 years, but you want them right now yeah and so maybe you, maybe yeah. storage is useful so do you that. ever have people actually sell furniture too do you go that far they yep. try we have we so when we started out again anything. seven years ago we had a much better ability to do resale for our clients and help them with it and we could even sell books at that point now it's like oh it's not a first edition it's not signed that's not selling those are recyclables because young people aren't buying as many and even people who read all the time are using their kindles and things and so the but the book thing has changed and so we try and help our clients. We have buyers. We've gone through many buyers, and we now mostly work with one person. But when he says thumbs down, we know that it cannot sell. Mm-hmm. And so they go to auctions and things, but a lot of times things come back. It's a very difficult thing. So when I talk to my clients about it, and I just say, okay, I want you to just think of me as the bearer of bad news. I'm just going to walk around and tell you exactly what's going on here. So let's say someone says, hey, I'm going to hire you to do my kitchen and my closet. And you walk into their house and you say, boy, they have too much furniture. Do you just let them know that or do you just not say a word? Depends on if they're putting their place on the market because we do a lot of decluttering before uh, places okay. go on the market. Then they're receptive to hearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we call sort of in that, in that area what we do pre-staging. Like you don't often need a full stager to do your whole house. But you go, it's going on the market and you need to make it look better. So you go, like, it maybe move these It has to look like a fantasy chairs. that somebody yeah. else wants. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, if someone's just living there and they don't comment on their excess furniture, then we don't say anything either unless they ask our opinion. Right. right. And sometimes you do a room for them and they go, this is much better. Can we look at the living room? Right. Right. And then you start moving things like that. And again, furniture, the, you know, the things that of my grandparents' generation. Brown you know, is down. Brown is down. Right, Nobody so all that brown furniture it. that all used to be, furniture. oh my God, how we wanted brown it. How is down. <laughs> mm-hmm. We saved for it, we wanted it, we certainly would take what our grandparents were getting rid of, and now that just does not happen. So when a grandparent of this generation tries to give some stuff to a millennial, they're like, wait, you actually think I'm gonna take that chest of drawers They'd rather and go that to desk yeah. and drag it around? No, I don't want it. Like, you can't get people to take it, which also means 
the reality that things are only worth what someone else will pay you. And so you put it up on Craigslist and someone says, like, if you pay me to come get it, I'll take it. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. yeah, you're like, oh. oh. No. Right? So that's tough. And it doesn't even really matter how expensive the thing is. Like, a lot of times it still just can't be sold. Nobody wants it. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's the worst part of our business. Like, unbelievably expensive things where you go, like, you've got to be kidding. $50 is what we've got on offer here. It's sad. It's shocking. It's really yeah. sad. Shocking. Again, watch the front door. So just be yeah. careful when you're purchasing. And also accept what Kate said before, sunk costs, which is the term we learned from my son, where you, you want to spend a lot of money on your living room, go ahead. But it Don't think you're going to recoup it. Right. Yeah. I mean. It's like a vacation. It's gone. Gone. Right? Mm -hmm. Watch the front door is a huge, huge. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't make a lot of money, mm -hmm. I mean, you can. American, well, Amazon alone. Yeah, you know? Americans oh my God, consume I'm things. Such can, a criminal. You, know, you can make very little money and still start hoarding. Yes, yes. oh, absolutely. American, we yes. Are consumer well, you society. can either hoard Dwayne Reed products or <laughs> CVS products, or you can hoard really high end products. But either way, you got too much, you yeah. know, face yeah. product. Right. Yeah. 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 The poor have... people in America still have Xboxes and flat panel TVs <laughs> and. True. A, Bunch and of stuff, yeah. All clothes from TJ Maxx or whatever. I mean, it's it's true though. Yeah. Like it's like as well, Americans, and Tupperware. We I mean, like crazy Tupperware. like containers, and you know, we go into yeah. somebody's kitchen and the bags, and they're trying most everything. This is a funny thing, maybe that people don't understand. Most always, it comes from a good place. Yeah. Right. People are trying very hard. Not like they bring home all those grocery bags, right? They aren't using cloth bags, and so they're bringing home. And they go like, I don't just want to throw this away. I will reuse it. So you have a hundred paper grocery bags. And you go, but that, it becomes that paralyzing. Paralyzing, right? yeah. yes. That's Where they true. just don't know what to do with it. Or even like cleaning products. You go, well, that comes from a good place. Somebody wants to clean. But it gets completely crazy. All those cleaning supplies. And again, you know, the, the people at Procter & Gamble, wherever they are, they're getting better. They make it better. Mm -hmm. They do it better. And then we go like, oh, yeah, that did work better. I don't want that other one. Yeah. And there it sits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have. Four, four things of Windex and I've never <laughs> once Windexed anything. I have a cleaning lady do it and I, I still have it there and I don't know if they use it. Well, and our cleaner brings the products there. with well, them. Well, and what you can do is so you I can really put don't need any. on the product, uh, the cleaning <sighs> products, put it all out when your cleaning's, cleaning lady is there, bring mm -hmm. it all up, put it up on the counter, whatever, and say, please put aside what you use and let me know what I can get rid of. There you go. And I mean, done. So, it's it's so easy, but like... I would never do that. Yeah. There you go. Well, you, you know, you got three kids and you've got <laughs> yeah. this lovely lady. You've got many things to do. <laughs> some things going on. Yeah, you've got some things yeah. going on. And so, yeah. right, like I well, said. Well, this like, isn't your real life. That's what we always say to people. They're like, oh, my God, how do you do this? And it's like, because it's our job. We get paid to do this. <laughs> right. yeah. You get paid to do other stuff that I could never do. I just happen to have, a, you know, knack for cleaning out trash. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, we could go on and on talking mm -hmm. to you all day. We've taken up so much of your time. Thank you so much for Thanks being for having here. us. Yes, thanks this for having us. This has been awesome, you guys. Great. I'm so glad. super excited. I'm just pumped to throw more things yeah, away. Yeah, do it. And you can Recycle always, more things. Yes, you can always too, send me too. pictures. Just email, take a photo and email to me and go, what would you do here? And I will help you. Uh -oh. She would love uh -oh. you. Yes. Oh, really <laughs> we're going to be text pals. You just send it away and I'll tell you what to do. Be before done. we go, I have two qu two quick things. So can you tell our listeners how they can find you on the web or Instagram? So you can find us at our website, which is doneanddonehome.com. And it's the same on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. All the same. Done and done home. Fabulous. And my, my last question is, and if you don't have an answer for this, this is okay too. But if you had a resource or a book or a blog that you like that if someone's interested in taking charge of their space, if there is a, you know, direct them to some something mm. that would help That's an them. Interesting one. Well, we have a blog, so you could go read some things right. there. Yeah. But you yeah, love the Gretchen Rubin books. I do love Gretchen Rubin. I, I love the way she thinks about life. Mm -hmm. Right. And stuff and all of that is just an aspect to life. And because she is amused by herself mm -hmm. and, and how things are difficult yeah. and how things are easy. And you have to go after the difficult things with a different sort of energy. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she has a new book about what's it called? Is um, it Happier at Home? That uh, was, she, that's that was hers. Her. Okay. Happier's, that was, I think, the first one I read of hers was Hap the Happiness Project. The Happiness Project and then Happier at Home. And the new and, one is Outer Order oh, and in the, her column. It's about yeah. organizing. Oh. A little yeah, bit about so it's a new one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. dipping into the Mm -hmm. in totally. too. Yeah, in a very so different cool. way, but a way that appeals to me. But she also, because of her book, The Four Tendencies, which we all, this is sort of a slightly off topic, but it's a way of thinking and knowing yourself and the people in your life. And so there's four different ways of being. And so that helps with the organizing mm -hmm. part and will help you thinking about, it's like love languages. It will help mm -hmm. you think yeah, about the other person. Okay, we'll link all of this. And your blog is within your website? Yes, it okay. is. 
All you right. should read that book, Brandon, The Four Tendencies. Yeah, it's great. Yes, you both should. It's and really you can great. do a test online. It's very fast. It takes like 10 minutes. Ooh, it's we really love, we love personality I'm a, I'm tests. I'm a questioner, and she's an obliger. Naturally. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you guys are the best. We have been right. so much Thank fun. Thank you so much. This Thanks for amazing. having us. Thank Wonderful. You. Awesome. Check back here soon for all the latest updates. And as always, we are mod about you. 